Well, we better get started. I have so much oh. to say. Yeah. Okay. Um, ha. Who? Ha. Where'd it go? There it is. Okay. Here we go. One, two, three. Da. You're the chicks now, dog. It's Think Outside the Box set. <laughs> the internet's only outrage machine. I'm Nat Hunt. That's Cameron DeWitt. And we are here. It's us. To talk We're about back. the chicks. The only chicks that there are. Cameron, you ever sexed any chicks? Not some chicks. The chicks. You ever sexed any chicks, Cameron? It's not as easy as it sounds. In fact, even professional chick sexers have like a very high error rate. And what then the you, you wind up you wind up with a cock and you don't know what to do with it. Okay. Okay. This is uh rural <laughs> farm life nat coming <laughs> coming out <laughs> yeah. to make some bits. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, bits as it were. Um yeah. That is literally what they call it. Uh, sexing, sexing the chicks. chicks. Yeah. That's is, so funny. It's so funny <laughs> and think, so weird. It's I like, think that's great. It's the, the practice of <clears throat> assigning uh, uh, sex at, at hatch uh, to um, the eggs as they hatch, uh, as yeah. it were. Um, but how and, do you determine if the chick is above or below the Mason-Dixon line? <laughs> That's the question. Yeah, is it a Dixie chick or is it a carpetbagger chick? <laughs> uh, how how fucking great would it be if they changed their names to the Union chicks? How fucking, they should have done that. That's so they much better. Done that. mm. It's right fucking there. Mm-hmm. Or the Mason chicks. I guess that one's a little too too much of a thinker. Yeah. And also that has pr- overtones of something else. The Mason chicks. Oh. Oh, oh like yeah. Freemasons. Like the Secret <laughs> like, Society chicks. Yeah. The, the Secret the Society that famously does Illuminati. not allow women, I believe, Cameron. Is that where you're going with that? Yeah, I don't know. We listened to, shouldn't have told you that, <laughs> the, uh, I, I'm Cameron DeWitt, by the way. Uh, I said that. This is the, oh, you did? Okay, sorry. Yeah. I've had some glasses of wine, more than one <laughs> glasses of wine. Um, I've also been eating and, a bunch uh, of food and like not enunciating very much. So I hope that yeah, is a nice ASMR experience for everyone. Good. <laughs> yeah. If you could start recording in uh, stereo while you're eating into the mic, mm. that would be better. So that when I shift the food from one chewing on one side of my mouth to the other, you can like really hear uh-huh. it just sort of like follow you across the room. <laughs> So first impressions of this album, again, this album is not available on the like mainstreaming platforms. You have to find it, but it's been memory hole. The same, the same, uh, YouTube, uh, channel that has uploaded the first, the, the first two, the Mm -hmm. first three, uh, Dixie chicks albums. This one does not Um, seem to have been ripped from a skipping CD though. So that's a plus. (laughs) Yeah. Everything sounded fine. Um, but it did have the same thing where it says no copyright intended <laughs> I love uh, that. in each video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I kind of appreciate it. Cause it's like, yeah, I don't know how else I would have heard this album. I'm not going to fucking buy a physical print. copy on Amazon. They've been disavowed. Yeah. Like what else are you going to do? I mean, <laughs> at, at that point in my book, that is abandoned wear and it is like 
de facto public domain like whatever yeah so this album i feel like is is like the death rattle of the chicks as the band that they were um Hot take it do you why do you like this album i think it's really boring i i really disliked it huh well regardless of how much i liked it or not i feel like this is the um this contains the seeds of what becomes the chicks for the next like phase of their career. Um, and I really feel it like coming, coming down the line. Um, Interesting. And a couple, couple reasons for that. One is like, they're really like focusing on like explicitly like pop song craft. They're like so far from bluegrass at this point. Um, sure. And they're like yeah. pretty far from trad country and in, in pretty much all of it, I would say. Um, but there's so much of uh is it John Maines? The guy who plays the slide guitar. He's all over this album, and it's his daughter, mm. Natalie Maines, who becomes the chick's lead singer. Right. Um so yeah, I, I feel like the next phase is coalescing during this album, and I feel like it's like kind of pointing yeah. the way yeah. towards what becomes the chicks. We'll see how I feel come come wide open spaces, but I thought that this album felt really boring to me and I think it's because, to me, country music, unless it is performed with a, vo- like, unless it is performed and arranged in a way that is breathtakingly gorgeous, which it usually isn't, um, it's usually just like fine. Um, it is kind of meaningless unless the songwriting is perfect, and most of the songwriting in this felt kind of boring to me or kind of perfunctory. And the, like there was a basic idea that is barely, um, barely explored uh, or defended, and uh, like a lot of this album felt like the worst of Garth Brooks's stuff. Hmm. Um, wow! I don't know, like sort of these like Harsh. written by committees songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. The worst offense for me is like a song that is boring. <laughs> Um, <laughs> or that I can't say anything about. And uh, that's when you're going to have me coming for you, especially on this show where I, I'm supposed to have entertaining takes on songs. So this is the strongest reaction that I have and the only way I can have some sort of strong reaction. So take that with a grain of salt. There are a couple of these songs I liked pretty well. Um, okay. I don't know about like necessarily lyrically, um, but like sonically, there's some fun stuff happening in a lot of it, I thought. Um yeah, then again, I tend to listen... I mean, I listen to this album, like, as background music while... I forget what I was doing. Uh, I was shopping for glasses. <laughs> I bought some new glasses tonight. <laughs> it, I mean, it was good background music for that. It, I mean, it could have also been, sure. like, played at a physical, like, retail store, you know? Um, but it's... Hey, it's, 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 you know, it's the 21st century, so I'm just shopping online. But, you know, this is the... Uh, <clears throat> Kind of like how um, when I went to Home Depot and heard uh, John Mayer, I was like, "Yeah, this is this is where John Mayer is for." Yeah, this is Home Depot music. Um, uh, I know that <laughs> the heart of that. love is good, and I know that I need n- new siding <laughs> on my house. <laughs> oh boy, I'm making a ton of noise. Ah. Oh, okay. I give up. What are you um, munching on over there? What are you eating? Uh, I finished eating it. I was just cl- I was okay. clearing away the trash Clean container um, of plastic that will never decompose <laughs> okay, and, and is probably realistically not going to be recycled, even if I put it in the recycling bin. So 
Love it. Uh, plastic recycling, <laughs> the saddest scam. <laughs> that was just a dream some of us had. Hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, should we talk about songs? I think we should talk about... Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think... Is there anything else to say about this album? This is the last one to feature Emily... Or not or, uh Laura Lynch, who plays the bass. Um, sure. And I don't know if she's like the lead... It, I mean, the, the credits just say, like, Oh, yeah, who's two the lead singer on this? Is it a different person from the last one? Um, God, I think the last one was it was uh, Little Cowgirl. It had Robin Lynn Macy still, who was, I believe, the lead singer. Oh, so she's not on this one. Yeah, Robin Lynn Macy's gone. It's Marty Irwin, oh, Emily okay. Irwin, and Laura Lynch. And this is the last one with Laura Lynch also. Um, and it's five years before their next album. Um, so it's kind of interesting that they had a big shakeup and kept going. Cause you kind of would have expected right. them to just like give it up and stop and kept the same name. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, which is a really interesting thing to do. I mean, I guess they're like, well, it's a fine enough name. Don't need to change it. <laughs> That's sort of what I would assume. At least for another 20 years. <laughs> Yeah. 30 years. Um, oh, they got a the new Macy manager. Takes. Okay. And then he signed them to a developmental deal with Sony Music Entertainment's Nashville division. And that happened in mid-95. So that is, what, two years after this album? This is 93. Yeah. Um, huh. Okay. So they keep they keep kind of plugging away. They get the new manager who hooks them up with Sony. And then uh, a couple years later, they um, have their breakthrough. Yeah. This is right before the fallow years. Um, yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's do. What's the first song? Whistles and bells. Why not? Um, oh shit! I forgot to load my sound samples into the program that holds the sound samples. Nat. Ah. Cool. 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 Um, hey Kim. Uh, say something funny. Uh, do you have a bit? Okay. Fine. <laughs> Whistles and bells. That might sound slightly familiar to you all. Jingle, jingle. But uh, this is like, what if the term bells and whistles, uh, we all know this term. We all know and love this term. What if you turned it around? What if it was like then what? crannies and nooks? Then, you know? Then what, <laughs> what would happen? Yeah. What if it was Ike, Ike and Mike's? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. What if it was M&M's? Don't help your broken <laughs> When she's through and sends you packing back to me Whistles and bells won't ever bring you love and happiness She's never gonna give her heart the way that I would um, I like to imagine this, just her literally saying that um, <clears throat> That whistles and bells won't ever bring you love and happiness I mean... And I feel like in my experience, that's been true, but I'm not here to like judge people. And if people find love and happiness in whistles and bells, like go for it, you know, yeah, follow your truth. So I think the main issue with this song is that there are more metaphorical examples than literal examples. Um, they, they cite lights, buzzers, whistles, and bells as if this man is 
a child who <laughs> is mostly interested in like colors and movement like a baby yeah like you're dangling um, the keys in front of the baby and yeah. he's like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's that is more examples than the actual the actual examples of what this woman is doing to dazzle this man the only example that is specific is that she has a fancy car uh-huh and then later toys. there is a a vague example a non-specific example of all those pretty toys yeah which yeah. i mean sounds pretty interesting to me um pretty toys depends on but, that kind um, of toys i've seen some yeah. pretty cool ones but, at she so let me i mean those are pretty yeah <clears throat> Uh, this episode is sponsored by Shebop. Shebop the shop. Portland's premiere. <laughs> Shebop the shop. Um, that is like the actual URL. Oh, really? It Shebop is sheboptheshop.com. The if people are in the Portland area, check it out. It's uh, the best. Yeah. Yeah. I benefited from Shebop today. <laughs> Go check it out. Oh, look at you. Not to brag. Not to brag. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, but yeah, there there are there are no ex- like there is no development of this idea, and there is absolutely very defense not. of this idea. There is like basically a willful this- refusal to develop the idea. <laughs> it's like no, we're not gonna. Uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> Yeah, basically, this is just this like um, I don't know. It's like you just like her because she's because she has a fancy car, and also. She has, and she has more money than me. Um, maybe like they don't even say that. Um, yeah, it's it's a poor, it's a pretty poorly conceived song, and uh, as a second person um, sort of appeal to like she won't love you like I love you, uh, it falls flat. Which hey, means I hey, and that's like they don't love you like I love you. Maps, yeah. maps, maps, maps. <laughs> hey, they don't like that. And I feel like if you're gonna make a song that is that argument, I feel like you're already on your heels. If you're making that argument, that is a hard argument to make. Like I'm, you, you don't leave me for them. It's like they're probably leaving you for some reason. I don't know. You should make a like a, a compelling case. If you're going to make this kind of case that you want this person back who doesn't want to be with you, like that's already like hard to listen to and to be around for me. And like, if this is your case, like, nah, you just like her because you're a fancy, because she has a fancy car. Yep. That is not a compelling <laughs> argument. And uh, that makes me feel embarrassed to listen. It does. It also is um, a very typical like male pers- perspective. I mean, we've, we've seen like this very very similar sentiment from dudes specifically like uh and it feels like some like creepy dude wrote a song about how he's kind of like waiting to pounce on this woman and they were just like well what if we just like swap some pronouns around and then like the the chicks it like what if we just do that like yeah it, it 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 definitely was like it's a weird stance to take to be like yeah um uh, but darling, all those pretty toys won't help your broken heart when she's through and sends you packing back to me. It's like this that it's that weird like nice guy like yeah I'm gonna be here to like yeah grab you on the rebound and it's just like ugh 
Have you heard? I'm I'm vaguely aware because I'm like on TikTok that the term fem cell exists. Oh. Uh, hmm. I don't know what it means or if it's like literally just like lady incels hmm. or what, but like, and I don't know all of the connotations of it. Maybe I'll put a learning link to, uh, I don't know if I can find I mean, something. I about believe it, but the like, word incel was coined by a woman. Like interesting. I mean, obviously it got like super perverted. Um, not that any art ever made by a woman or any like phrase or idea coined by a woman ever gets like perverted or used by Nazis like <clears throat> red pill or anything like that. Um, but yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I don't know. When I listen to the song, I'm, that that's the sort of vibe I get is this is, this is a real bummer to listen to. Um, I do not want to root for the speaker in this song. Um, if you're going to appeal to class struggle, do it in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not hard. Yeah. Like we should, you know, appropriate the jangly keys that they're jangling in front of the baby and uh, redistribute the um, pretty toys. <laughs> Thanks, Bernie. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody gets a free car. Something like that. <laughs> Free pretty toys for everyone. Oh, I'm losing it. I mean, the the that's the it's getting worse and worse. The impression you um, just have to pretend to be fucking Doc Brown <laughs> and wave your hands in the air. <laughs> Marty, Marty, <laughs> we've got to go back in time. <laughs> it's crazy that like the end of that movie is like we have to go in the future because your kids suck. <laughs> <laughs> that's kids such a funny are <laughs> so bad. <laughs> <laughs> your kids are in trouble it's like I'll fucking deal with it in the future why are you why do i have to go into the yeah okay um uh, let's, yeah um I, do you want to fall uh, again Cameron? like we used to god this is such a confusing song This is what I feel about. This is what I, I'm talking about with like the like mainstream pop songwriting. Like this is adult, easy listening. The instruments yeah. <laughs> are sidelined. Their like virtuosity on their instruments is just like not highlighted. Right. It's just kind right. of like a mid tempo sort of like ballad. Um, and this, I mean, this is a um, this is uh store music at a Joanne Fabrics. I mean, it's not even like Home oh Depot. It's like... <laughs> that feels... Is that the most misogynistic thing you've ever said? <laughs> I'm just sort of very surprised. Hey, as someone who's definitely spent some time in Joanne Fabrics... Uh... <laughs> the call is coming from inside the house. Yes, it's fine. Exactly. Um, okay, God. Um, <laughs> that's a that's an interesting point. Yeah, like th- especially maybe in the nineties Joanne fabrics. Just you know, sure. Yeah, maybe this is part of the reason I felt so bored by this album is because in the last two albums, even in the last album, which I didn't like that well, there was like a a 
banging like a banjo or fiddle solo in like most of the songs. Yeah. And I think I counted like one like good solo in this entire album and I took a sound sample of it. Mm-hmm. Um uh yeah, this song is definitely uh definitely a bummer. I mean, it's and it's also kind of confusing. confusing. I don't like, know what the <laughs> what's going on here. Um there there's all this sort of like it's it's like in media res. I don't know where in the relationship we're being put into at the song. Like there's yeah. all this history and I'm, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Cause it, the first verse really seems like they've been together for years and they've kind of like gone through some rough patches and maybe like broken up and gotten back together again, like perhaps multiple times. The verse goes, no like mistaking this, is the this last time on again. I, maybe yeah no mistaking this time no changing my mind no walking away than begging to stay no letting you go because this time my heart knows we're destined to win i'm falling again but yet verse two says no waiting to see if it's right for me no doubting your eyes no watching you cry like waiting to see if it's right for me sounds like they're at the very beginning of the relationship right you know so no turning to run and no loving for fun what 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 does that mean? Don't live for fun. No. This isn't about fun. This isn't Never. about You should not be having fun. If you're having uh, fun, something bridge, is going drastically wrong. The bridge kind of undercuts everything. So it says, so please don't say you won't take me back again. Uh, and then maybe like one of the most prosaic lines that we've ever covered on the show. Because time away won't be time better spent. I mean... That doesn't undercut it, because the whole point, I mean, as far as I can tell, the point of the song is, like, we're kind of destined to be together, so we should, I guess, stop fucking around with, like, issues about whether we actually want to be in this relationship or if it's the right fit, because we, we're destined, like, we should just stop worrying about that. It, I think it feels like it undercuts it, because up until that point, it feels to me like they're saying, this is happening, and then at the, when the bridge comes, it's like, Oh, this is a pitch. <laughs> like, mm. this isn't actually happening yet. This person wants to make this happen. Um, yeah. Because it's still in question whether or not they'll be taken back. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I could I'm potentially... not rooting for these people. No. I think they should date other people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like... If you... these people were my friends, I would be like... Please don't get back together again. Yeah. <laughs> You're so bad together. <laughs> yeah. And that whole like idea of like destiny in relationship and stuff is just like so bad and leads to so many bad outcomes. It is not good. Um, see the idea of the one, unless it's Jet Li, which is the obligatory Jet Li <laughs> reference of any time we use the phrase Let the, the one. bodies hit the floor. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Cameron, uh, oh, I love that movie. Cameron, I shouldn't have told you that. This is one of my favorites on the album, I think. I agree. It's saucy. They're 
they're being brassy broads. Yeah. And it features like the, it highlights the fiddle a lot more. I mean, I guess, I mean, you and I like trad music a lot and this is a lot more trad music than a lot of the rest of the album. There's real banjo rolls happening that, the whole time even mm-hmm. the drums are pretty trad and yeah like, yeah they're very um rockabilly western swing drum set playing and uh it's pretty fun yeah and it and the song's kind of weird it's it like is the a harmony it's is weird unsettling yeah. and strange uh the form's weird it's Seems to be like kind of sex positive in kind of like a winky way. Um, yeah, my doctor <laughs> tells me I should get more exercise. Yeah, that's. I mean, this is after like being pretty explicit. Like, I'm gonna go fuck this dude. Uh, it, it like two examples of like, yeah, uh, I'm gonna go hook up, and then the chorus is like, my doctor tells me I should get more exercise. <laughs> The old, uh, the, the, the only... The doctor the, tells me I should get my back blown out. <laughs> <laughs> my friend's telling me to be alone is so unwise. I'm being good, but I don't know for how long. Temptation is coming on strong. Um, which is great. Um, and I like that the, the chorus doesn't build to the, the title of the song. The um, It's kind of like an inter- interjection in the verses. Um, well, he told me that he was tired of being good. And he told me that she don't treat him like she should. Well, he told me when he'd be alone. He told me how long she'd be gone. I'm only human. He shouldn't have told me that. Like, that's... That, like, kind of sauciness is is fun. Well, she told me that her man was really fine. Makes her sorry that she doesn't have more time. Well, she laughed and told me how she gets a little bit just now and then. I'm only human. She shouldn't have told me that. Is there a word missing there? How she... Oh, she laughed and told me how she gets a little bit. How she gets a little bit just now. Is that okay? Let's listen. Have more time. Well, she laughed and told me how she gets a little bit just now and then. Oh, she gets a little bit just now and then. Like she's getting it. Is that what that means? Oh, maybe. Hmm. So, am am I reading this song right? That it's it's a song about infidelity. Like the temptation is specifically to kind of be a home wrecker or to have your home wrecked um and sort of this shrug of just like ah, i'm only human like this person had this tiny opening and that means that oh, i have to get in that. there and just like don't say well that. <laughs> <laughs> this is a song about pegging um this would be a lot better. A lot of those tiny openings can stretch. You just got to be really careful. Just the lube is so. Just got to warm them up. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, it does seem to be about infidelity. Yeah. Um, yeah. To and some degree or another. about like kind of taking these little tiny cues that other people <laughs> give and saying like, oh, it seems like maybe there's a chance for me to like kind of destabilize. <laughs> The, the commit the commitments in your life yeah definitely um, um the first verse is about that the second and third verse are a bit different and they recontextualize the phrase uh i'm only human i shouldn't have told him that uh in a way that's really fun to me well i told you that i saw hmm. him yesterday very sexy more than that i cannot say and just before i said goodbye i told him with a little sigh i'm only human i shouldn't have told him that 
uh so that the i'm only human becomes like the flirting line of like oh you know i'm i'm only human and then you're like oh i shouldn't have told them that that's like a little too i i uh, overplayed my hand a little bit or something um, maybe this is taking place on an alien world uh and where it actually is a very intimate vulnerable thing to admit that you are an a human interloper oh okay so it's like the animorphs where there's like the secret undercover like aliens or whatever yes. but the human yeah. beings are like the undercover aliens and when you're it's you're like yeah i'm human what if we're the aliens whoa oh my god you should write a story about that could be like a movie camera <laughs> uh i think that very sexy more than that, I cannot say. That's like not very coy. Nope, that's not the that's word I would very, use for it. Not coy, I don't think. Yeah, it's it's trying to present as if it's a coy. Like, mm, I can't say, but I, what I will say is, I was sexually attracted to them. <laughs> it's and a placeholder maybe had a line time with that them. made it yeah. into the final draft of the song. <laughs> um, I, I forget who it was that like pointed this out to me. Or like, you know, it's like a piece of writing I was reading many years ago where they're just pointing out like how weird it is when you run across like what is clearly a placeholder line in a song. <laughs> and the example that the the author was giving was um, uh, the the Do Re Mi song from Sound of Music, where it's it's the one that's like a note to follow. La, a note to follow soul. Yeah, they're like, that is clearly a placeholder line. <laughs> and it's a pretty egregious example of it, too. <laughs> Yeah, I guess, like, the only plausible deniability there is that, like, law is sort of a note or is a... Is a placeholder is itself. Is a placeholder for lyrics. Yeah. That's the closest I get. But, yeah, you're right. That's, like, a... It's crazy that they went with that. <laughs> I mean, you can... They did so much work for every other soulfish syllable. Yeah. I guess you can definitely justify it in like a couple metatextual ways. Cause she's also like supposedly extemporizing this just on the spot. Right. In the, in like the plot of the movie. Um, yeah. So I don't it know. It is funny that she does it. It is. Hilarious. I'm not saying it's bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. Uh, do you want some desire Cameron? Mm-hmm. Great. This and is it the following song? I think are are the direction that I expect them to be like heading. Because this to me is mm. like they're starting to coalesce around this like '90s idea of like female fronted, um, like folky rock type stuff. But it's like a little bit more country flavored. But it's like very like pop rock with like some acoustic instrumentation and it has like this kind of songwriting. Like this feels like a very nineties song. Um, mm. And this is like what I expect their next album to be just totally full of like sonically speaking, at least. Yeah. Um, there's, there are very few details, but it's a little bit more coherent than the other songs. Yeah. Um, and it gets the main point across like, yeah, the main, I think 
goal of the song is to capture this feeling of like I just fucked up and I I'm, just fucked. I haven't. I just fucked and the, in a way that was fucked up. Yeah. And I haven't yet had to face the consequences for it. And I'm like bracing myself for it. It. I've talked about the concept of like listening to songs and like what is the utility of the song? What mm-hmm. is the way that people can use this song? I think that it has a certain kind of hospitality mm-hmm. in that way. Um, it is very clear, like, this song is about the moment between the infraction and the confession. Right. And I think there is something pretty powerful there. That being said, there, I don't love this song. And I don't think there are actually um, little delights that make this song pr- valuable. Um, I think maybe the best moment is mornings come now and the smoke is cleared. How did I get here from a single kiss? Yeah. I think that's the best lyric. That's nice. Everything else, I, I could leave it. Yeah. One thing I really appreciate about this song, and this is difficult to deploy skillfully, but it is very strategic about the ways in which it is vague. Um, mm. So to like speak about the utility of the song, this could be a song um, written from the perspective of someone who has cheated and is regretting it. It could be also written from the perspective of a young woman who uh, has been just pursuing her own pleasure and now has to face the consequences of her parents being total dicks about Interesting. it. Interesting. You know, like it's it's... It's very like strategically unclear, like even to the point that it is not super clear how much the person actually regrets the action they took versus like the consequences yes. they're going to have to face. Um, and Interesting. I think that that is like a very like um, tough needle to thread that this song threads actually really well um, and probably like adds so much the, to the utility of um people can sort of uh, read into it or like bring their own experiences and be like, yeah, I've been in this situation when I was like this because I did this thing and like the consequences happened. Um, Yeah. The closest she gets to like actually expressing remorse or like judging the action itself is when in the first line, when she says last night I took a turn, I never should. I knew nothing good would come of this, which Mm. you could also read just be like as a reference to, the downstream consequences I just knew yeah. are going to be terrible. And um, yeah, I, I think um, it has enough like specificity um, to it that it allows itself to have these strategic vague points. Um, and it feels weird for me yeah. to be like praising vagueness in songwriting because that's like the big like hobby horse that I'm always like thumping, like stop being vague. Um but I think it's sooner. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like maybe, maybe you're not praising its artistic value as much as its like utility and like its broad appeal and how strategic of a pop song it is. Which I feel like is maybe a different thing than saying like how artistically valuable it is or like how good of a piece of art it is. I mean, I don't know if those two are separable so cleanly. Um, because it's not necessarily... You don't think that's the truest dichotomy? <laughs> Pop versus art? <laughs> How dare um, you, you <laughs> plebe? <laughs> no, you're right. I agree. Um, but also just right like, 
a utility versus like art even more than like pop versus art just like utility versus art because you can um or i guess i guess it comes down to more like what is what is the art of this song is it to evoke a feeling or is it to tell a story this song is not really telling a story it's more evoking a feeling and the feeling and it's vague about the circumstances of the feeling in a way that allows people to kind of like bring their own circumstances to it um which is what i appreciate about it and that like gets in the utility of like people like identifying with like oh yeah okay my circumstances have made me feel this feeling but i think it's pretty skillful and pretty like specific about the ways that it evokes the feeling um but it doesn't tell a story really um and i i i'm i'm good with that like i don't need every song to like tell a story necessarily um or be specific about the story it's telling um yeah, uh, we've touched on this recently in the show, like the dichotomy of art and craft. And um, I feel like a lot of um, skillful pop writing is more, or maybe even kind of more cynical pop writing is more about craft. Like, this is just a song. It's like cult. Are you familiar with the, the concept of cold reading? Uh, I don't know if I am in the context you mean. So the idea is that like um, different kinds of, I don't want to say, I don't want to reduce this kind of profession to huckster, hucksterism necessarily, but like, uh, you know, a, a psychic or a, a, a tarot card reader um, or a medium. Um, one of the strategies. Um, okay. It actually feels really important from before I go on for me to say, I think that there are ways that these kinds of positions, these kinds of professions that people can use these tools to actually really care for people and help people. Um, Mm -hmm. So I don't want to say that they're just hucksters. Uh, They're doing a a very specific kind of therapeutic work, best case scenario, just the same way that like, uh, you know, there are doctors who are hucksters who aren't actually trying to help anybody. Um, anyway, cold reading is a strategy, uh, for these kinds of professions where if you say a broad enough thing to a broad enough swath of people, um, you can like kind of narrow in on the things that, um, people will, uh, resonate with. Like, for instance, John Edwards, the, like, TV medium, he would say, like, I am I feel like there is a, a grandmother or maybe a grandfather in the audience who has recently passed on, whose name starts with, I want to say, G, you know? And then, inevitably, someone will be like, yes, because he has a large enough sample set mm-hmm. that, like, it that is true. And then he'll say things that are progressively less vague until he narrows in on this person's specific thing and allows them to like have some sort of experience of closure. Yeah. Like I feel like it's, it's kind of like when you get like a certain number of people in a room together, they all have the same birthday, like that whole thing. Yeah. Um, I feel like that is, (laughs) I just said something completely bug nuts and you just like really affirmed me. And I, I really appreciate that. (laughs) I think that is true though. If you have enough people together, 
and you say like it's hey it's your birthday then you will inevitably like if you have a big <laughs> enough arena of people i think yeah, that is true not specifically what i said which is that everyone has the same birthday everyone okay <laughs> okay uh, no, i love is. getting things wrong on purpose uh it confuses right. me so much sorry i didn't mean um, to do really. you <laughs> i mean i kind of did but not to this extent i feel like there is a certain kind of um pop songwriting that is either through cynicism or through lack of interest in being specific or storytelling they are kind of cold reading and they're being vague enough so that they can um kind of uh activate the maximum amount of people who are vulnerable in specific ways um and they're ready to be activated in specific ways um i feel like that is kind of more of a craft of songwriting than it is art um Hmm. because they're trying they're, they're doing this cold reading thing to the masses they're like there are people who are going to be activated by this um and the vaguer that i am the more people who are ready to have feelings about this topic will um be like this is about me this is exactly right. about me and i think um, similarly to what you're saying before like best case scenario it's therapeutic and worst case scenario it's like right. exploitative and pandering uh, yeah and th- that's the thing it's like just because it's a craft doesn't mean it's bad it's like what is the utility and in this song it's like the utility is like about someone to i think when people cheat there is a uh, tendency to dissociate, to rationalize. Uh, and I appreciate that in this song, this song is modeling this like, I fucked up. This did happen. There will be consequences. It's like, that is potentially a useful thing for people to th- to hear and to think about and to a useful way for them to be activated. Um, potentially in a way to get them to like, be like, okay, at worst case scenario, like at least this song understands where I'm at and I'm not alone. And mm-hmm. that maybe help me face the truth. So. Yep. Um, let's talk about, there goes my dream. There's that steel guitar featured pretty prominently, which is like pretty so much good. a feature of pop country, um, much more so than a banjo. <laughs> yep. Um, God, this is such a boring song, though. Yeah. <laughs> There's just nothing to the lyrics. There's nothing here. There is no there there. Uh, so let me comfort you. They're there, Cameron. They're there. They're Let's, I mean, let's just go on to the next song. I don't give a shit about yeah, this. This is so boring.
Okay, this is a song I was thinking of when I was talking about earlier. Like, this is the direction they're going to be heading in. This I is hear like it. I hear it. Super nineties. Um, I love those background vocals where there's like the ascending ooh ooh oohs. Um, such a cool sound. Um, and in ways that I don't know at all how to talk about in terms of like theory or anything, the songwriting and like the melody and all of it like feels so 90s like folky ish pop um yeah yeah uh what do you think of the idea of our love is only one heart away that's nonsense right (laughs) um it's it's catchy nonsense yeah is the one heart you like the second person in the song i don't know i feel like (sighs) listening to this one podcast uh recently where one of the people was talking about like how much he just wanted to like write some country songs and he's like all right so what you do is like you just take a phrase and you just like repeat the phrase but you make it different like so you take like oh um don't let go and so you know first off they're like in high school and it's a boy and a girl and uh they're dancing and he's holding her hand and she's like don't let go and then like next verse is like She's dying in a car crash and she's like, don't let go. Like you just take like this phrase and you just like keep repeating it. But like you can vary sort of what it means. And there's a lot of that, like very phrase based songwriting that we've seen a ton of it from Garf. Uh, And this is like, like some of the, like uh, it's a great example of how, how that can go so wrong because you choose a (laughs) phrase that doesn't mean anything. And then you don't do anything with it. And it, means even less than nothing it sounds like they're trying to do some sort of like ritual (laughs) (laughs) we need to call him one more virgin (laughs) in order to like be immortal lovers i don't know cameron love requires a blood sacrifice and if you're not willing to to do the work like you don't deserve to have it uh thanks jesus um let's (laughs) Ah. talk about the thrills in the chase okay yeah, there's like not really anything else more going on. There's a lot of like very prosaic, just paint by numbers um, stuff going on in these the song already. Right. The thrills in the chase. And he won't be outdone. Cause he'll always love the one that keeps him on the run. Thrill is in the chase. And I guess they know that. What is this song saying, Cameron? Please try to tell me. This song is saying that like men are are mostly interested in measuring their sexual capital. Uh, They're not actually interested in you. They want to know that they're able to um, obtain you and steal your power. Mm-hmm. And then they will move on because they don't actually want a relationship with you. They just want to know that they are able to make it happen with you. They want to chase you down like a wolf, just like uh, splitting off a, a sick caribou from the pack and just running it down. That's what they want. Yeah, uh, it's, pretty, and it's a pretty dark song. Who else is turned on by that metaphor? Holy shit. <laughs> who else feels like a sick caribou now and again? Hey. <laughs> 
Yeah, but, and then in the chorus, it just gets so nonsensical. The thrill is in the chase, and I guess they know that too. Okay, I'm with you so far. Because I've been running long and hard and can't catch up to you. What does that mean? Who's the you? Uh, I don't know. And I don't know. Why, why are they trying to play catch up? It, are they like, is she competing with another woman? Is that what's happening? And she's like, you're running even farther. Therefore, he's going to chase you longer. Therefore, you're more desirable. Or like, but then I, yeah, I don't know if they're meant to be like ideas in the lines. song. It's just like, don't be emotionally vulnerable with any man ever because then he will leave you. And in a way that's saying like, the goal is to keep these men who are deeply problematic mm-hmm. <laughs> so that you can measure your sexual and social capital by your ability to retain them, which is just like, this is not solving for pattern. This is, this is fucked. Are the straights. Okay. Um, that's an uncharitable read of it. And I think it's super uncharitable, but it's not unfound. I mean, it's not unfounded because the song, it literally, I mean, it uses the, like the prey predator language throughout. Like in the first verse, yeah. the nature of the beast says he wants to pursue. He wants what he cannot have and he won't be outdone because I'll always love the one that keeps him on the run. I feel like, yeah, they phrase it in such an extreme way. I feel like there's maybe a certain element of truth of like keeping the relationship exciting and like maybe there's like an element of mystery or something that could be maybe justified as not being... Uh, indefensible uh like compet weirdness um but not (laughs) the way it's written with like this like extremely like straight ahead predator metaphor i don't know yeah any anything to me at this point like anything short of like okay we can't escape these like patriarchal court problematic courtship rituals so at if you need that in order to get off or needed or in order to be fulfilled at least have a upfront conversation with your partner about it and then work it consensually into your sexual practice with them i mean there's nothing wrong where you can yeah exactly maybe this is about a furry who likes to wear like a wolf suit and he, yeah, sorry, I hadn't the, thought of that. The furry's Maybe literally like chasing about. around. So don't fucking kink shame Cameron. That's so problematic. <laughs> they invented furries in 93, right? They were around. <laughs> I think they've been around a long time. A lot longer than that. I guess so. Yeah. Um, uh, if he's far, far away, don't call him on the phone. Never let him know you spend ever. some nights alone. I can tell you one thing more. That I've always found to be true. That he'll always love the one that makes him blue. You, oh, you have to no. be mean to him and make him sad and think uh, that every moment he's not with you, you are like actively f- fucking other people. Also, also, the double entendre of blue is like you're making him sad, but you're also fucking giving him blue balls. Okay. I think that that is that. That like that's pretty much in the text of the song. Like I. I think that is intended oh boy hmm what a weird yeah i mean okay i i've completely come around the straights are not okay cameron this is <laughs> okay thank you I, I it yeah i i i don't think it's an uncharitable read. i think it is the only read of this song possible 
yeah the, and the concept I, I think, can be i think applied in ways that are less healthy or more healthy but definitely this song is like not nah, okay <laughs> the thing that bothers me about this song is like uh, i think that there 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 is truth in this song in that like there are men who behave this way but it bothers me that this song the answer in this song is like um and we need those men ultimately so this is how we this is the only way how men we control can be. them <laughs> it's like this is a song by people who have never heard of political lesbianism you know it's just like if if this is your attitude like how can we control these um un like ir- these irredeemable monsters like <laughs> the beast don't don't fuck if that's your attitude don't fuck with these people you know yeah. like um it's like i would almost rather you all be like turfs than be behaving this way mm. like i would almost rather you all be like i'm not going to mess around with half of humanity um i obviously i want there to be reconciliation but it's like this this like we need these people um and we need to like undermine and control them like is like so disturbing to to listen to yep cameron dewitt famed lesbian separatist next song i wasn't looking for you, you. stole my heart Say pick your poison. <laughs> I wasn't looking for you. It was the easiest thing I ever had to do. Lay down my heart. Lay down yours too. This is not necessarily a super like jaw-droppingly good good song but i think it's pretty sweet and it's i find it kind of charming um, damning with faint praise oh <laughs> uh, no i that is not how i intended it to sound i'm just saying like yeah this is um there's a lot here that like you've heard before sure i wasn't looking for you must have been blind i couldn't see there was going to be that someone waiting for me you stole my heart nothing i could do Ooh, i wasn't looking for you it's that Phrase-based songwriting again a little bit. Um, but it's delivered in such a sweet way. And the the lyrics of the chorus are so sweet. It was the easiest yeah. thing I ever had to do. Lay down my heart. Lay down yours too. Like it switches from the description um, in the past tense to just be like an imperative. Like lay down your heart too. Spend all my, night, all my life not knowing who. Ooh, I wasn't looking for you. Um I think that's really sweet, and I like I like that a lot. Uh, I find it very charming. Yeah. Um, yeah. God, the lyrics are not, or the verses are not very well written, but I think the delivery of it is very sweet. Um, I think it's a really pretty song. That too. Yeah. God, it makes me want to revisit. Um, I think, I think we, I think on the show re- fairly recently we've like talked about my soft spot for Nora Jones, and I'm. I think at some point we should yeah, like revisit we that. Yeah, we should hit up Nora Jones. Yeah, jazzy, jazzy ish. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like some of those weeks that you're not available, I should like have John Roberts come on as like a guest, and like we can talk about <laughs> Nora Jones. Yeah, <laughs> famous uh, uh, jazz uh, enthusiast John Roberts. 
Um, oh my god. <laughs> yes, famous uh, self-hating jazz musician <laughs> John Roberts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, like, <laughs> um, uh, uh, can we at least for I've only got myself to blame listen to this band it's like the one good banjo break mm, mm-hmm. in this whole album got myself to blame. oh wait hang on here's the next song let's let we should listen to the um uh general sound sample first uh yeah i've only got myself it drives me so far away from home but i walk the wide line till the time that i cannot stand no more and then i take my boots off and i lay down on the floor and if you find me by the roadside, don't be afraid to call my name. And if I seem a bit uneasy. Yep. Um, it's a fairly incoherent song full of various imagery. <laughs> uh, but, you know, this person only has themselves to blame. Um, the lyric, the, definitely the chorus lyrics are like kind of troubling. And if you find me by the roadside, don't be afraid to call my name. And if I seem a bit uneasy, you know that I've only got myself to blame. Like, this is I don't, an anti-enthusiastic consent song. I guess, but like, oh, are they uneasy about the person calling their name? Or I'm Maybe. just imagining someone who is in a lot of distress just by right. the roadside and is kind of like uneasy about everything. Um Right. Ideally, that would be the person that you would like offer like empathy towards and like maybe assume that they're a victim in some sort of way. Yeah. Um, or offer them the possibility to say, I need help or I need protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, no, no, I earned this. <laughs> this this one's on me. On the roadside. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Um I mean, there's like, well, I don't know. There's some like verse two is probably the closest it gets to coherence. Walking down the road, I want to fade into the night. I know I've seen a darker day, but I've seen the light. I'll own a country song that's burning in my head. I've turned my back on better days, but tonight I'll stay in bed. But then they're by the roadside again. I don't know. Um, banjo. In my bed by the roadside. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like weird, like spatial stuff going on because they say, I take my boots off and I lay down on the floor. And if you find me by the roadside, <laughs> you know, the floor by the roadside, my bed by the roadside, I think this person is just missing half their house and their bedroom is like literally like has been cut in half by a freeway being built. Like, like that's how they built some of those houses in China where the government just like, well, we're just going to put a freeway like right, just like goes literally like around your house. Only in this case, it went right through. So I don't know. Well, at least play the banjo break. Banjo. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then there's Fine. the slide guitar uh, solo. Yeah, I cut that off. Yeah, because you hate slide guitars. I love it, but I want to hear the chicks play music. Well... Are we going to talk about Planet of Love? Planet of Love. The, the chicks go sci-fi. Don't need no spaceship for what I'm thinking of. Didn't I tell 
yep. We were speaking about sci-fi stuff earlier, so I guess that's what this is. Um, it just makes me think of uh, the Pixies and Planet of Sound. Um, mm. Not because of anything, just because it's a similar phrase. I don't know. Um, the, speaking of jazzy, though, they continue the tradition of ending the album with a jazzy song. Um and you gotta love that. It might even be written by the same duo, John Leventhal and Jim Lauderdale. I'm gonna look into that. Because hmm. the last one ended with, um, what was it called? It was Pink Toenails. Oh, uh, great. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was say. one of the more interesting songs in the last album. Yeah. But it had a similar, like, jazz light kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's definitely some utility in this song. I don't know. This, I guess, is like vaguely a song. Maybe this is a generous reading, but this is a song about uh, about how de- desire and fulfillment and connection are. Uh, they are. Um, th- there are too many obstacles to that uh, mm-hmm. in on our planet. So, man, at the end of the day, we're gonna have to go somewhere else. Um. Try, trying to create, uh, I don't know. There's almost like a queer reading of this. <laughs> like, let's create our own normativity. Uh, the lesbian separatist the- planet now, Cameron. God, <laughs> you're really into this. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I'm just saying, like, at least get on a wave of feminism. I want you to go through all the waves. and Catch get a wave, to- baby. Hang yeah, ten. but like. At least catch one of the waves. <laughs> Don't just stay in the patriarchy. <laughs> We're all on a journey. <laughs> to the planet of love. I don't know. I've been listening to a lot of Bell Hooks recently where she's talking about political lesbianism. And I'm like, uh, okay. I was always an Audrey of it type person. Because we have to choose sides and we have to put those against each other. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't really read it or listened to Bell Hooks. Um, okay. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. This song is really silly. Do you, there's a bonus silly. track. Did you listen to the bonus track? I did. Uh, it's I took the a, chicks a sound take sample. a moment to boo their who's. The little game that you play has made her baby oh so blue. You left me in alert. You left me waiting at the church. That's why I'm crying for you. Someday you'll feel like... These are very exposed vocals, and when the vocals are that exposed and they're that imperfect and that just, like, fine, it's pretty hard to listen to. Yeah. I don't understand the why they had this on the album, honestly. Like, Is it like a washboard player? What's it sounds like there? it. <sighs> yeah. Um, um, there, there's a certain level of like, it's really hard to get really tight three part harmony. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you have three people, it is really important that you start paying attention to things like, are our vowels matching up? Are we like, is the envelope of our notes, you know, the same? Are we starting and stopping our notes at the same time? Where are we breathing? All of those things get um, more and more important um, mm-hmm. when you have 
a small ensemble of singers, like, you know, between three and five singers. Mm -hmm. And then at a certain point, it reaches a critical mass. And then it's like, actually, this is starting to cover things up again. Um, But like three singers is really hard to um, get everyone to like sound perfect. And it's just like kind of the hardest, the hardest thing, especially if there are no pitched instruments and all you have is a washboard and you're just trying to Mm -hmm. stay in tune with each other. Yeah, so it's like I don't know. It, it yeah, and I, I honestly I kind of felt that way throughout this whole album, but it was more forgivable because there's a whole band playing the whole time. But like I I don't know. I wonder if um, the the two sisters, the fiddle and banjo sisters, if um, they are better background vocalists than they are lead vocalists. Mm, mm-hmm. If they're better at uh, adjusting to someone else than being adjusted to mm-hmm. so yeah very possible um there was a sound sample you took uh that you wanted to oh well yeah. i think it was basically the same as what I you see. played yeah. yeah it says bonus track bad intonation yeah um i i think it was literally the exact same mm, okay there's sample. not it's pretty short there's not a lot yes yeah. um i can't wait for wide open spaces i'm really yeah. excited to I'm very curious how this is that where it's going to go from here. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, that's what we'll be covering next week. Wide open spaces, 98. Um, they're big breakout. So everyone get hype. Um, I guess we should close it up for now. Thanks for listening. Everyone. Um, you can visit us online at boxset.website. Tweet us at Topias Podcast. Get on the Discord. The link will be in the show notes. Uh, the Discord is a rip roaring, uh, rootin' tootin' good time. And if you get on the Discord, pew pew pew. Uh, I almost said Safari Sam. Uh, Yosemite Sam. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can join us live as we record. You can see our bright, shining faces. And hey, you'll even get behind the scenes access for free to our weekly little bonus show don't tell anyone but the other way you can get the access to that and have it in a recorded format that you can go back and refer to for as long as you want is to join our patreon support.box at that website kick us a few bucks you get all of our bonus materials including that weekly mini show i was just talking about which has hundreds of episodes now i believe uh, multiple hundreds um this week we did a quick little check on Fire Island, the movie, and Cam talked about the book of the book, the book Boba of Tea, Boba I think it was. Yeah. Um, they read a book about all about Boba Tea and how to make it and the history of it and how delicious it is. Um, so that's that's mwah, delicious. Right, right on the the taste buds, love it. Um, and I think there was like tapioca stu- pearls before swine. <laughs> exactly, those are so hard to make. I've tried to make them at home, and it never goes well. Uh, and I talked about Severance, the Apple TV uh, show. Uh, yeah, so go to support.box at the website. Um, you can also email us at email at box at that website. Um, the other ways you can support. You can do things for free too. You can, you know, write a review on iTunes, jam those stars, type those words, uh, share the show with people, tell them all about this show and just be like, I don't know, I guess music. And then people will be beating down our door to listen to it all. And I can't wait. So please do that just for us, just for me. Um, also speaking of music, Cameron's other podcast, it is 
in the cool and it's getting up and that's what it's doing and being and you should do it too uh so check it out get up in the cool yeah Uh, um quick quick shout out to any of our potential colorado listeners mm -hmm. i haven't looked at our metrics in a while i don't know if we have any colorado listeners my band tall poppy string band is gonna announce a tour for Mm -hmm. august in colorado we're staying within the state lines Hmm. not because we have to we're (laughs) we can go anywhere we want (laughs) all upstanding citizens uh but uh the tour will be entirely within colorado so we'll probably come to you check it out soon keep your eye out follow tall poppy string band check it out and wreck it out tall that poppy that strings uh Go to Atlanta. Come on. Just do it already. Also, yeah, I, should. I gotta watch that. I gotta get back to that show. I only saw like half of season two, and now season three is coming out. Um Yeah. Uh what else? What do I typically say now? I think that's all the things I usually say every week. Uh so until next week, I've been Nat Hunt and I'm the Joanne Fabrics DJ. <laughs> and I've been Cameron DeWitt, and maybe this is about a furry. How much do you think the culture of Joanne Fabrics changed once furries uh, emerged? That is a great question. As a dominant cultural force. Mm, Yeah. Do you think subculture? I'm really not not sure because I feel like I don't know if Joanne Fabrics would be furry positive, and I they probably stock like some fake fur like fabrics, but. Do they offer the the smorgasbord that is necessary for the self-expression of the furry community? Probably not. I mean, let's be honest here. And it doesn't seem like the type of organization that would embrace that and chase that market, you know? So, Right. But it's like, can they afford to pass it up? It's one of those like classic capitalistic conundrums. Right. They, I mean, they could have been like Subaru with the lesbians. Uh, or the U-Haul company with the lesbians. <laughs> I think that one's less literal. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> oh, Bazinga. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Uh,